You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 53. Welcome to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. And as always, it is an honor to have you here for the next 30 minutes or so. Today, we are going to discuss the book, College Success Habits, Seven Powerful Principles to Help You Excel in College and Beyond. Now, this has been such a journey to get this book published. Um, I had all that locked up from the, before I even started to write it. I had the publisher in line. I had all of the editors and the design team and everybody in line because the publisher helps take care of all of that. And I started writing it, I believe, last August or September. And uh, with my initial desire to be for the book to have been out by the spring of 2020. But like so many things in life, you can make all the plans in the world. And then when it comes time to actually get things um, going, then, you know, life gets in the way and does its thing. And um, honestly, I don't think it could have happened any better. You know, that's the growth mindset in me. You know, would it have been great to have had this out in the spring? Perhaps would Corona have inevitably derailed the book tour regardless? Absolutely. That was going to happen. I couldn't control Corona. (laughs) So um, all the colleges I had lined up to come speak at, and um, the things I was going to do around, you know, traveling with the book and being able to come to your college campus, um, obviously aren't happening. And it's been what it is. And it's been amazing. You know, there was more rewrites than I had anticipated. And there was time waiting to get it back from the editor. And then my time sitting on it because I had other things already in my, in my inbox. And, you know, you will notice as you go through life, let alone in college, that just when you think that your inbox can't get any more full, then something that is super important to you will get dropped into it, and you'll have to figure out right then and there, can you shift things around that you've already prioritized, um, or do you need to stick with what's already you know, in order and on the calendar and then get to that important thing at a later date. And many times I had to make that decision with the book. There were certainly times where the book was able to be prioritized and other times where it had to sit and wait. And especially once um, Corona went down, the push and drive to get the book out as quickly as possible took a back seat because so much around society had changed my editors and my designers and everybody who was working for home was fine. But, you know, now getting the book out, um, you know, before the summer semester mattered less because summer sessions weren't going to look like what we had thought where people were going back onto campus. Early enrollees out of high school weren't going to be starting up in the summer, uh, presumably because who wants to take just online classes? And so then it became more of a fall uh, release. And now, Next Thursday, June 25th of 2020, I'm going to go ahead and launch the Kindle slash ebook version of the College Success Habits book because for those of you who want to get it uh, on your digital reader, whatever you read ebooks on, um, 
then it's available to you. And if you want the paperback version, then once all the printers um, are up and running again and all the books that have been waiting to be printed for the last three or four months have gotten their runs, then mine will be in line. Mine's in line. It's just a little further back than I would, pre- would prefer right now. But no reason not to get the ebook out. So June 25th, next Thursday, if you're listening to these shows in order, then you've only got six days to wait. If you're back listening to all of my uh, archived episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, love, love, love what Spotify has been able to do for both my shows, then the book's probably already out. And you can go check it out on Amazon, College Success Habits, Jesse Mogul, however you decide to search it, um, I will show up. I have taken care of making sure (laughs) that I understand Amazon enough to know that my book will show up in search. So what we're going to do today is we're going to go over the seven principles that I've outlined in the book. And I'm going to give you a brief overview of all of them. And then I'm going to do little episodes about each one of the principles. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to release those all out um, like one every day for the next week to build up for the book. Um, another part of me thinks I'll just um, unroll these things out slowly over the course of the next month or one every other four days or something like that. Uh, I haven't really gotten that far. I was just brainstorming up ways to highlight what the book is about and no time like the present to just jump on the microphone and get it started, right? Like I talk about in the book, like you've heard me talk about in the show, when you have an idea, you've got to get going on it. You won't know if it's the best direction for you. You won't have any kind of knowledge for yourself as far as how you're going to handle the workflow until you get into the workflow. It's how I wrote the book. I literally sat down in front of my computer and was like, first principle, develop a growth mindset. And let's write that chapter. And it took about three hours to write that chapter, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was about three hours. And it came out extremely well. And I think it's probably one of the more long chapters, just because I do honestly believe that developing a growth mindset in area in every area of your life is of the utmost importance. And so I spent a lot of time outlining that. It's still going to take you less than 15, 20 minutes to read the chapter, regardless of how fast or slow you read books. And I say fast or slow because I've recently taught myself how to speed read using um, one of my coaches' programs. I, uh, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to is called Quick Brain by Jim Quick. And I've had a, the opportunity to meet him and I've gotten hold of his book and really took a lot of what he taught into my own world. That His book, Limitless, just came out. So uh, plug for somebody else's book on top of my book. I highly recommend his book as well. I love what he talks about. And when you go through my book and you and you adopt my seven principles and begin to run everything you do in life through them, you are going to be able to go and read somebody like Jim Quick's book, Limitless, or even Carol Dweck's book, Mindset, and be able to immediately see how you can take what they've taught and apply it into my principles. Right? They, they teach their own version of how to master your life and like with any self-help book, in order for you to ever make it actionable, you need to 
take action, which is my fourth principle. And you go off and read all the books in the world that you want, but you have to figure out a way to assimilate it into your life and be able to make it part of your daily habit structure. And that's what these principles of mine do. So let's jump into them and give you a quick, brief little um, excerpt about what they're going to be about. And then um, some of this is taken from the book. Uh, I I made no show notes on this. I am literally just riffing off the microphone because I've read this book so many times. And I've also learned some really cool new stuff over the last year. And I'll be incorporating that into the podcast as well. Uh, A video series will be uh, coming out very soon um, about the book. And then I'm going to go ahead and put together and launch an entire program built around the book um, later on this year, probably at the end of the summer, so that you could get involved in that. I'm going to set up a whole Facebook group about it, and you'll be able to go through and learn on these videos and and be able to communicate with other people like-minded as yourself uh, via the Facebook group, and perhaps even get a bunch of people on your campus to read the book and get together and, and ask yourselves, how are we adhering to these principles? How have we adopted them into our lives? Because if you do this, you will succeed. You could not do them and still succeed to a certain extent, but you will potentially find yourself at a crossroads where you won't necessarily be decisive or you won't have embraced discipline. And you'll find yourself having these little hurdles that can easily be overcome if you see this seven principles as a way of life and something to consistently be running everything you do through the filter of, am I adhering to these seven principles? And so let's jump into it. Obviously, number one is developing a growth mindset. Absolutely, positively, the number one thing you must have in life. And in the back in the day, this was called being open-minded. Let's all talk about this open-minded. Let's just be open-minded for a second. Open-minded is great because it says that you're going to open your mind and be willing to listen to somebody else's opinion, take in information you haven't before, see how it might work for you. Um, I also think that it's limiting because it's just simply saying, let's be an open mind about what we're getting ready to hear or learn. But so much in life really is about what you're experiencing. And everything that you experience is run through your own internal filters of things that you've experienced in the past, things that you have heard, seen, smelled, taste, touch, everything. Your entire world is just made up of your internal representations, these these images, these running movies in your head about what the world really is. This is why everybody has a different viewpoint of the world, no matter if they were raised in the same house or not. And so I think open-minded is great, but I, I, I think it's small compared to being growth mindset-oriented and being able to communicate with anyone at any given time because you're less worried about being right and more inclined to just connect. It's something I recently came across, which is a great way of thinking. It's I'm reading a book on abandonment right now, just part of my own journey and things I like to bring to my clients that I coach. And one of the things that is said in there is that you want to be able to accept everybody for who they are, accept their behaviors, accept their actions towards you, accept their actions in general, right? But it doesn't necessarily have to mean you condone it. You know, you can accept 
that one of your coworkers or one of your roommates is super obnoxious and is always taking your food out of the fridge. You can accept that that's just part of their personality. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to discuss later on ways to communicate with them and let them know that this is upsetting you in, in a certain way. But it means you can accept them for who they are, but you don't have to condone their actions. And in developing a growth mindset, this is a really great way to look at yourself and look at those around you and, and just look at the world in general. You can accept that this is the way that things are right now, but you don't have to condone it. You don't have to be okay with it. You just accept, okay, this is what we're doing right now, but I don't condone this kind of behavior. I don't condone these kind of actions. And I'm now going to put forth my effort to get this to change. You're seeing this happen with the Black Lives Matter protests right now. You can accept that this has been happening in society for years and years and years and years, but you don't have to condone the behavior. And in fact, it is up to you to step forward and say, not only do I not condone this, but I'm going to start coming up with ways to help society heal through this and get over this, right? So part of a growth mindset is also being able to look at yourself and say, well, I accept this is how you have been. Right? Anytime you use an I am statement, I am a procrastinator, I am a hard worker, I am a bad dancer, I am a good basketball player, that's your identity. Anytime you use an I am statement, you are saying, this is part of my identity. So start saying, I have a growth mindset. I am a person who develops their growth mindset. Start saying that. The words you use to yourself and to others are enormously impactful. If you're in your head constantly telling yourself that you're ugly, that you're stupid, or that you're always depressed, then your brain's going to be looking for ways that back that up. Because your brain doesn't want you to be wrong. Your brain wants to be right. Just like if name anything political, depending on which side you're on, you can say, well, no, my side is right. And you can go out and find data that will back up your side. Now, is that going to be historically accurate for years to come? Are you going to be on the correct side of history? Depending on what side of the conversation you're on will depend part of that answer. But when you tie your identity to something outside of yourself, outside of something that you, you can control, then you're giving somebody else your power. So whenever you tie your identity to a political party, and then that shifts because they decide that they want to shift or because they got paid by a lobbyist to shift their opinion. Does that mean that you now shift yours just because they did theirs? If you've tied your identity to them, then yes. And you might wake up one day 20 years later and realize that you have signed up for something and identified with something for two decades that you no longer believe in. But now you've built your entire identity around it. So developing a growth mindset allows you to realize that nothing is fixed. You don't have to be fixed to this political party. You don't have to be fixed to this one idea. You don't have to be fixed to the, to the, the identity that you're not attractive or you're not smart enough or you're not good enough. That you can have a growth mindset and realize that it all comes down to your potential to prioritize something and then go at it with a vengeance. And that's where these other six principles come into play. The more you realize that you can accomplish anything you want in life when you prioritize it, the more apt you are going to be to set off on these journeys where you're going to learn a new passion, talent, skill, or hobby, even though you have no clue how to do it. I picked up the guitar during the quarantine, and I'm not great at the guitar, but at least I know where the C chord is, and at least I know where the E and the B, and it's like I know where to hold down. 
I I sat there and practiced one hour one night and just learned how to go between a C and an E. I believe that's what they're called. <laughs> I, I learned how to read sheet music. Now, am I great at it? No. Would I need to go watch the video again to get a refresher so I knew what I was doing? Yes. But I know more about the guitar now than I did three months ago because I have a growth mindset and realize everything takes time. But if I prioritize it, if I give it some attention, I will get better at it. So much more to talk about, and we're going to really dive deeper into this uh, on next week's episode whenever I actually give developing a growth mindset its whole 30 minutes. So principle number one, develop a growth mindset. Principle number two, cultivate courage. Once you've made the decision with your growth mindset to take on a new talent, passion, skill, hobby, to start a new relationship, to form a new friendship, to whatever it is, start a new job, transfer schools, stay in the school, change your major, whatever it is. Once, you had, once you've developed this growth mindset and realize that you're not fixed any one place, that anywhere you desire, you can grow and you can become fulfilled in that area if you prioritize it. And that is the key. Is that before I walk completely away from developing a growth mindset, it's all about the prioritization. It's not that you don't have enough time, right? Oh, I don't have time to do that. Oh, I don't have time to sign up for that. I don't have time. You have plenty of time. We all have the same 1,440 minutes in a day. What you, what you are limited by is what, the amount of things that you can prioritize. That's not a fixed mindset. That is just fact. You, if you have more than one priority, then you've got, you've got two things that are important to you, but neither are a priority because you can't have more than one priority. If you're trying to prioritize studying for the next two hours and then a friend sits down and wants to talk your ear off for the next 45 minutes, you can't be talking to them and studying. You can't prioritize them both. You can't say, I want to I get better at playing the guitar and I also want to get better at cleaning my house and prioritize those at the same time. You can prioritize them at different points during your day, but again, you can only prioritize so many things. You've got to eat, sleep, shower, and you know, study and go to work and all these other things. If you take your 168 hours in a week and you start subtracting how many hours you need to sleep and how many hours you need to eat and how many hours you need to, tr- to commute and how many hours you have to study and take classes, whatever your schedule looks like, start adding up all those hours. And at the end, you're going to probably be looking at something like 40 to 60 hours of extra time, depending. <laughs> I know some people in college who barely have 10, hour, 10 extra hours, but they've, they've filled their schedule with things that they love, right? They use their growth mindset and they cultivated courage and stepped into these activities knowing full well that their schedule was going to be slammed, but they like what they're doing. So that's what they consider their free time is going and being, you know, a member of a particular club or uh, in a fraternity or a sorority or the student government, whatever it might be. These are the things that they've chosen to do and they've prioritized them which means that they have substantially less time to perhaps prioritize playing video games or going to the bar. Right, you go to the bar at 8 o'clock and you drink till 2 in the morning. You prioritize six hours of your day to do that, and then God knows how much time in the morning feeling hungover and dragging ass. So there's only so much time you can prioritize. There's only so many things you can prioritize, and you have to be mindful of that. It's not being fixed to think that you can only prioritize a certain amount of things. It's just reality. Know the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset, and we'll talk more about that next week. So as you're cultivating courage, step into the things you decide to prioritize with courage. Be courageous 
to say, if I want to join a club and ultimately I'd like to be president of that club, or I'd like to become a very active member who people rely on, you know, when you first join, no one's going to know who you are and you got to be courageous and show up to a meeting by yourself perhaps, and then start introducing yourself around and then taking on responsibilities. And then slowly but surely you grow in stature in that club and eventually whatever your ultimate goal within that club was, it can be achieved. But you have to cultivate courage to step outside of this version of yourself you are now in order to move toward that version of yourself that you want to be. If you're constantly afraid of rejection, if you're constantly afraid of um, being told no, if you're afraid of being humiliated, if you volunteer for something and and the leader chooses somebody else, if you have um, a lack of courage, perhaps even a fear around being told no or rejection, it's going to stop you in your tracks. And then you're not going to go introduce yourself to that attractive co-ed that you'd like to talk to. You're not going to volunteer. You have to cultivate courage. You have to be willing to be okay with the no's because it's it's within all of those no's that the yeses exist. It's like a, a coin. You can't flip a coin and try to get, you know, let's say you, you flip a coin 100 times and your goal is to get 60 heads. Well, that means you're going to get 40 tails. You can't get the yeses without the no's. It's just like that coin. If you want somebody to give you $5 for lunch and you said you're going to walk around the cafeteria until somebody says yes and gives you $5 for lunch, you're going to get a lot of no's before you get that yes. But eventually you're going to find that person who's like, absolutely, you know what? I'll help you get some Subway. And then boom, they give you $5 and now you go off and eat a sandwich. Subway does not sponsor my show. I do in no way condone Subway. And in fact, I think that their food is disgusting. So do not go eat Subway based on the fact that I have just mentioned them in my show. That is my disclaimer. (laughs) I think that their meat is jacked full of sodium. I call their food sodium bombs. Anyways, I hope they don't sue me for that. Moving forward, (laughs) after that little sidebar tangent, cultivating courage is oh so important. Can't wait till we have that, that principle gets its own episode. Number three. Be decisive. When you've used your growth mindset to decide to join a new club in in hopes that down the line you will be the president and you've cultivated the courage to show up to that meeting and to introduce yourself, be decisive in that decision that you made. If you say, this is what I want to do and I want to do it at this club and this club matters to me and I'm I'm not going to stop until I get what I achieve what I want and make the impact in this club that I desire to make, then be decisive about that. Don't question yourself along the way on your two-year journey with that club about, well, should I join this club? Should I join that club? Maybe I quit this club. I can go join that club and I could be the president there and I could make an impact there. You've made your decision. If you, if you used a growth mindset and you were courageous in this portion, then you were able to maybe list down three different clubs that you're choosing between and then ultimately you chose the best one for what you were hoping to bring to that club, for what it could bring to your life. All of these, you know, these other reasons, right, that make you say, this is the club I want to join, not be decisive. Second, guessing yourself the entire time you're on that two-year journey towards becoming the president of that club is not a healthy way to go about anything. You've chosen, you've made the choice, be decisive. A lot of people think being decisive is just making the choice. That's just the first part. It's like with breaking a habit, right? I smoked for years. When I finally decided I wanted to quit smoking, I was very decisive. No, no more smoking. 
Making the choice to not smoke anymore, that's the easy part. Smokers make that decision damn near every single day. God, that's it. I'm done. I hate cigarettes. They're horrible. Right? And then three hours later, they're craving a cigarette. Not so decisive. Now, are you as you're smoking a cigarette saying, okay, tomorrow. Making the choice, the decision to do something is the easy part. It's the follow through. That's where you have to use the rest of my principles. And they're in order for a reason. So when you've made a decision to join this club because you want to make an impact on them, you know that they'll make an impact on your life and you ultimately would like to be the president because you've got some great ideas for how this this club could grow, be decisive. You've made the decision to join it. Now stick with it and work your tail off. And just because you're told no multiple times whenever you volunteer up a suggestion for an activity or you run for part of the board and you're looking to get secretary or something so that you're just up there at that table. So down the line, when you when you offered up your services for a president, you already had background in administration within the club and then you don't win that. doesn't mean that you still can't be president. You're decisive. Figure out a way. Making the choice to join a club, making a choice to do something, again, that's the easy part. It's the follow-through. And this is where principle number four steps in. Take action. If you have joined this club and you are in, you are dead set on becoming the president of this club, then take action. Anytime there's an opportunity where you for a leadership role, anytime there's an opportunity to get together to brainstorm up an activity or an event and be the one who plans it and the one who puts on the event and the organizer of it, take action. Step into the leadership. If you want to lead this club one day, the likelihood that they're just going to let you sort of sit in the background and do nothing for two years and then your junior, senior year, raise your hand and say, I want to be president when you've done nothing to show any leadership up to that point, the odds are, unless it's a purely a popularity contest, you're not going to be the one who gets the nomination and ultimately becomes president of that club. And if it is a popularity contest and they're only voting in the people that they like the most, there's a very good chance that the leader who gets brought in as the president isn't going to be the best choice. So perhaps part of your taking action is making sure over the course of your two years of that club before you raise your hand for president is that you make sure that the people who are the best suited for the job are the ones who are getting it instead of it being just who's the most popular, who does everybody like? Because then you have perhaps not so great leadership and perhaps the club goes in a completely wrong direction from what you were hoping it would go in. And now you're finding yourself as a member of a club without the same guiding, um, perhaps they were using principles to guide them. Perhaps they had a mission statement. And perhaps they got away from it because you didn't step up, take a leadership role, and begin to morph it in the way that you thought you could best help that club succeed on into the future, right? Stepping out of your ego and saying what is best for the club to make sure that it has an impact on campus is a huge, huge way to make sure that 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, that club still exists and it's still honoring its principles. It's still honoring its mission statement. Bring these principles to that club, but take action as a leader if your goal is to become a leader. And leaders raise their hand and aren't afraid to hear no, because like Edison says, you try the light bulb 999 times, and that 1,000th time, boom, let there be light. Embrace discipline is principle number five. 
pleasure taking action. It is the discipline of continued action that will see any of your goals, any of your projects, any of your hopes and dreams go from just a vision to a reality. You have to be disciplined. If you say you're going to quit smoking cigarettes, again, choice to quit, easy. Follow through, not so much. This is where discipline steps in. And you push through those hard times. You push through when most people would just give up. People who uh, used to come to me back when I was a personal trainer and say, I want to build muscle and lose weight. What I would notice is that enthusiasm to do that would be there for the first few weeks, first, you know, perhaps even first few months. And all of a sudden, you know, when they didn't have their, you know, People magazine cover of body, then they would get depressed and they would get disillusioned and then they would just stop coming. And before you know it, it's like, what happened? You were three days a week, four days a week, and now I never see you at the gym. Oh, you know, it just wasn't for me, right? Because they had this this BS kind of idea that if they just worked out for 30 days, they'd have the body of their dreams. <laughs> well, nothing in life is that easy to get to. It's just, nothing worth having is easy to get. I mean, I can assure you that that's a cliche out there. Nothing, you know, nothing worth having is is easy to achieve or easy to attain. And even if it, if it was too easy to attain, everyone would have it. And even more to the point, if it was so easy to attain, would you really appreciate it? If you had to work for a year to drop fifty pounds and to get the body that you've always desired, and it took a whole year to accomplish that, you're going to appreciate it so much more. There is if somebody just gave you a magic pill and the next day you were skinny. It's, you see this happen with people who, um, who perhaps whose parents buy them things anytime they want them. How much do they appreciate their nice watches and their nice clothes and their nice shoes versus somebody who has to go work for everything that they get? And now I'm not saying that you still can't have a wealthy kid who appreciates all of the things that they have any more than I'm saying that you couldn't have somebody who has to work for everything they have who takes all those things for granted, right? There's going to be those... There, there, there's there's going to be a sample size in both examples that's going to you know appreciate more than they use than most people usually do, and there's going to be those people who don't appreciate as much as they usually would, and, and that's fine. But let's take those ten twenty percent out and focus on the eighty percent. Most people who have to work hard to achieve something appreciate it so much more, and it's in that discipline of getting up at five thirty in the morning to you know go running to help them lose the weight. It's the discipline in going to every single one of those club meetings, even when you're tired for volunteering or taking on a role of leadership, even whenever you feel like you've got so much on your plate that you can barely see. I mean, again, you need to understand what your boundaries and limitations to your time are. But if you're not being disciplined and you stop going to the meetings um, just so you can sit at home, watch television and drink beer, and then you wonder why in two years you're not getting nominated to be president, look back at your discipline and you will find out the reason why you didn't achieve presidency because you started to let up while somebody else put the throttle down. Discipline is where everything is accomplished. Choices can be made to do something, but without the discipline to follow through and see it to fruition, you might as well have not even decided to do it to begin with. And this is where principle number six comes into play. Exercise flexibility. You say, I want to be the president of this club. And then you get in there and all these things are starting, you know, all, all the other people become a factor and you know, the amount of time you have and the amount of determination and you know, all of these things start to come in. 
And so what maybe you thought was your original plan of action to become president of this club or to lose 50 pounds in a year, other things start to happen. And so the what is it? Uh, one of my friends, Tom, always likes to say is that planning is, plans are worthless. Planning is priceless. You want to have a plan in place, but you also want to realize that there's a very, very, very low propensity for a plan to play out exactly as it's stated. A plan that normally follows exactly how it's stated would be like a cooking recipe. <laughs> if you had all the ingredients, you could literally, I mean, think about it. A recipe is just a plan on how to make a dish. The planning came in, whoever invented that recipe, and then they put it down on paper and they pass it around and now it becomes a plan. If you want to make, you know, chicken curry, this is this is the plan. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't break off from that and start doing your own thing, adding different spices and whatnot in. But the point is that some, somebody made up a plan. And the plan is increasingly important. You can break off the plan. And you can come up with your own strategy. And so that's a recipe. And that's great. And that's, that's a, it's a great example of how to follow a plan all the way to the end. But whenever you're planning on how to become president of the club or lose 50 pounds or write a paper, whatever it might be, the fact of the matter is, is that it's not going to play out exactly as you'd hope. And this is why you have to exercise flexibility and realize, okay, I wanted to be president of this club. Now that I'm in it, maybe that's not as important. Maybe actually it turns out that the program coordinator is where the true power is because you're the one who is uh, influencing how all the activities are run and who you're reaching out to and who you're bringing into the fold. And the president's just a figurehead who sits back there and makes decisions but doesn't actually have any hands-on day-to-day administrative duties. Right? Maybe what you really want to do is be out there in the field coordinating all the activities. And so you realize, oh, wow, I thought the president was the one who would make the most shifts and help the, the club grow. It turns out it's actually the program coordinator. So now that's what I want. But if you were hell-bent on being the president because you wanted to make that, you wanted to be able to make that club the best club on campus, and then you got in there and you saw that it was the program coordinator who actually affected the club stature on campus more than the president, but you were so hell-bent on being the president, you could keep going for that president role. And when you got there, and then you realize that the, you're, you actually had very limited powers and that the program coordinator's position was the one that you truly wanted in order to help shape that club, but you were so focused on president, you just couldn't be flexible enough to see that there was a different position that was actually better suited for your talents and your desires for how you were going to make that club the best club on campus. Exercising flexibility anytime you have a plan is of the utmost importance because you're, if you just stay stuck on what your original goal was, you could be missing out on a ton of other opportunities that you might actually like more. But you're so fixed in that, nope, got to be president. Nope, I'm gonna, I've got to run seven miles a day before breakfast, and that's how I'm going to lose 50 pounds. And then when your knees blow out on you or you hurt your ankle, then all of a sudden you're like, well, I guess I can't run anymore. Well, I guess I can't lose 50 pounds. And next thing you know, you're on your couch eating Cheetos and French fries all day long, and you're going the opposite way, <laughs> the 50-pound loss, right? So flexibility, exercise it regularly regularly. Don't let that be the only exercise you get either. Find the campus gym. Go to it. It is an amazing place. 
Trust me, if you allow yourself to gain one to two pounds every single year from the moment you graduate high school till the moment you turn 40, you're going to gain 22 to 44 pounds. Be mindful of those kind of things because freshman 10 is a real thing. But I'll tell you what, the 40, the, the 40, 40 is even more real to turn around and realize that you've gotten to the age of 40 and you've gained 40 pounds. I was very mindful of that in my 20s, and that's why I'm, I'm only probably about, I think, 15 pounds heavier than I was in high school. And I've just filled out with muscle, um, whereas, you know, back when I was a drunk, I was in the 230s. So exercise for real and exercise flexibility. <laughs> and then embody tenaciousness is number seven. And this was just being the best version of yourself every single day. Be grateful for what you've achieved. Be humbled by what you've achieved. Have integrity to be the best version of yourself even when no one else is looking. You know, Strive to always be thinking, how is this helping out future me? How is this going to put me in the best position to see the vision I have for my life to fruition? You go to college to get this education so you can get out of there. You can get yourself a great job. You can get yourself a house. You can get yourself a life, a family, whatever it is that your dream is, right? Most humans, there, you know, there are six human needs, which I've talked about before. Certainty is the number one human need. And within certainty falls safety. And safety is, can be covered by having a job that provides you a house so you can be stable and always have your mortgage paid and always have your car payment paid. And you can have these basic necessities locked down for the rest of your life. When you're tenacious, you show up every single day saying, this is what I'm looking for in my life and I will stop at nothing to achieve it as long as it's based on integrity. You know, climbing up the ladder and kicking other people down it so that you can achieve what you want is no way to go through life. You see a lot of very rich people who have very, very, very bad um, reputations around the world because they have literally built their entire empire on the sweat, blood, and tears of those that have helped them accomplish it, their employees. They will build their entire empire on the suffering of others. There's a really cool show on Amazon Prime called Men Who Built America, and it talks about Carnegie and Vanderbilt and Rockefeller and J.P. Morgan. And these men built their entire empires on the blood, sweat, tears, and suffering of their employees. And rather than paying their employees a decent wage and giving them Saturdays off, they worked into the bone in unsafe uh, factories and unsafe circumstances. And then at the latter years of their life, when they had amassed billions of dollars uh, adjusted for inflation, billions of dollars in today's money, then they became these huge philanthropists and gave away their money. And now, you know, Carnegie, um, he used his fortune to start up like 2,000 libraries, and Rockefeller's got his name plastered all over everything, and J.P. Morgan Chase is still a thing. And, you know, it's like, yeah, but you built all that money up on the blood, sweat, tears, and suffering of your employees. And now that you're older, you're giving it away and building libraries and stuff. But what could you have done for all of your employees had you paid them a decent wage and good health care and safe facilities? What, what, how could they have provided for their kids? And how could their kids have provided for their kids all based on the fact that you treated them with respect and kindness and paid them a living wage or more than a living wage even? Right? Those men may have thought that they, they to themselves may have been showing up as the best version of themselves every 
day, but they lacked integrity. So therefore they stomped all over everybody around them in order to achieve what they wanted to achieve. Don't be that person. Have morals, have values, have ethics. Ethics. That is a word that has been forgotten in today's world. It's like, take advantage of wherever you can as long as you have the biggest house is not a healthy way to go about things. It is not a good way to live. So embody tenaciousness by being the best version of yourself every day and realizing that there's no reason to kick somebody down the ladder so that you can, you can climb past them. There is, enough, there is enough space in this planet for everybody to succeed. And the more we start to realize that, the better off we will be. Unfortunately, even with all this technology, we're basically just a bunch of cavemen running around with flashy things in our hands, thinking that we're so above the animal kingdom that we can't be defeated. And here we are coming out of a three-month, four-month pandemic, realizing that a microscopic organism can take down society. This will not be the last time that the earth usurps its authority on us. So be one of those people who brings positivity and creation to this world and not somebody who builds their entire empire on the suffering of others. Be tenacious in seeing the difference and be tenacious in going after that that position if you want to be club president, if you want to lose 50 pounds, if you want to go and meet the man or woman of your dreams, whatever it is, be the best version of yourself and the world will be drawn to you. But in order to be able to do all of these things, you're going to need to develop a growth mindset. You're going to need to cultivate courage and realize that you are enough, that you don't need outside people telling you that you are. No person loves watching a needy person constantly asking for affirmation. Be the person that gives yourself the affirmations. And how do you believe these affirmations when you say, I am good looking, I am successful, I am a person who follows through on their word, I am a person who helps others when they are in need, I'm a person who knows how to draw the best boundaries so that I can achieve what I desire in life but still be there and of service to others. How do you do these things? By cultivating the courage to say, this is what I want to do and this is what I'm going to achieve. It's, It's in that courage that so much is brought out. Your, your inner self says, I am enough, right? I can, I can do this. These affirmations become truthful to you over time because you actually, you're decisive in your decisions that you make and you take action. If you sit there and, and tell yourself, I have, uh, I have abundance of money in my bank account, it, like the secret will tell you, yeah, you can send out that energy, but <laughs> the secret really should have said, part two of the secret that they never released was, you got to get up off the couch and take action. You can have all the positivity about abundance and money that you want or abundance and love or abundance in life, but if you're just sitting on your couch waiting for it to show up at your front door, you'll be waiting a long ass time. Embrace the discipline to see your decisions all the way through. Embrace your discipline to keep taking action, realizing that you need to exercise flexibility because in taking of this action and being disciplined to follow through every day, you're going to learn new things. You're going to begin to absorb new information. You're going to meet new people. And what you originally thought is going to eventually morph and change. I love this book. This book is always going to be accurate. Ten years from now, people can buy this book and read this book and it will help them. I promise you that. But I guarantee you, if even now, 
if I were to go and write this book again, there are things that I would add to it. A year from now, I would add to it. I'll, I'll eventually come up with another edition because there will always be more things I'm learning that s- further solidify these seven principles as being the ones that if you can adhere to, not if, but when you adhere to, you will s- see success in your life. And you embody tenaciousness by going out and being the best version of yourself every day. The book comes out next Thursday, June 25th of 2020. I'm, I'm launching the ebook for $1 to get it out into as many hands as possible. That's my Corona discount for everyone. It will definitely go up later on, but we're launching it for a dollar to get it out there I, because I really do truly believe that this is something that every college kid, their parents, people who've graduated, the 40-year-olds out there who want to go back to school to get a new degree, whatever it might be, these seven principles will guide you to your meant to be. It will take you where you want to go. Read them, follow them, bring them into your habituation cycle, make it a part of your daily life, and the world will be your oyster. June 25th, 2020. Go out there, check it out. College Success Habits, Jesse Mogul, however you want to find it on Amazon. You can easily go over to my website, jessemogul.com. Click on College Success Habits in the menu bar. It'll There'll be a link to the Amazon page. Uh, you can go to the show notes uh, where uh, next week, once it's live, and I do the growth mindset. Um, in fact, you know what I'll do? I'll post this show today, and next week, whenever the link goes live, I will come back and I will put the link in these show notes so that you'll be able to find the link to the Amazon book there as well. This has just been a brief little three to four minutes on each one of these. There are so much more to go. You're going to love this book. According to Grammarly, which is where I wrote the book, this should take you about two hours, two and a half hours to read, and I made it in very bite-sized chunks um, where each one, there's probably four different, you know, not probably, there are four different sections per chapter, why, what, how, what, if. So you can literally sit down and in seven minutes read each one of the sections, and before you know it, you are done with the book, and it will be something that you'll easily be able to reference in the future and dive right back into, and it's going to be marvelous, and you're going to love it. June 25th, 2020, $1. It is my Corona my special Corona quarantine discount for all of my listeners. Go out there, be amazing. Inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release it and flow with your life. College Success Habits, the book, finally available in six days on Amazon.com, soon to be Barnes and Noble and Google Play and everything else once that stuff figures itself out. But for now, thank you for listening. As always, I appreciate your time. I totally went over. So thank you for sticking with me at the end. We'll talk again soon. Bye-bye. 